today I wanted to talk about dominion again. And again, dominion is, uh, we're just calling the service today, week two, dominion. Um, dominion is supreme authority to rule over a natural world. And that's just from the dictionary. That's just what Webster says about dominion. That through Jesus Christ, we the believer have dominion over the natural world, the natural things in Jesus' name. And, and guys, I believe that we can dance with the Lord now. I believe that we can have worship with the Lord now. I believe that we can have these outpouring of the Holy Spirit like we've never experienced right now if we would press into Him. And we'd press into who he is and, and take authority over our lives. And, you know, if we sat there and look around at this world, uh, I battled it the last two days because between China virus and between the snow, it's hard to have church. And when that's all you are and that's what your life is and my job and everything about me is preparing for Sunday morning and preparing to build the church up and, and strengthen the church fellowships, those times of breaking down strongholds. So that we can experience the totality of the Lord. I was going to go in and talk about 15 things that I know is going on in this body. That I believe that they're strongholds. And I believe it's attacks against the body in different ways. Whether from death, from, from health, through whatever it may be. The word says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything that falls into steal, kill, and destroy. That's strongholds that we need to break up in our life. That's things that we need to come against in our life because the Savior is with us and we're going to dance with him. And what does the Savior do? But he's going to restore us to great things. He's going to restore us. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so the Lord's telling me all these things that, that you want to pray about today, continue praying about them. But but some of these are strongholds, and I said some, we need to lift them before the Lord and, and take authority over these strongholds against Satan in Jesus' name. So today, at the end of the service, we're going to have a prayer time to where you can take authority over strongholds in your life. And And I know that we have in my battle strongholds in my life, and we take authority over them. Well, sometimes we need the prayers of believers to come in around us and do that. And so we're going to take time at the end of the service to do that. So I tell you ahead of time, as we go through the service today and the Lord's saying, hey, you, you do got this stronghold here. It's time to deal with it. He's saying you got the dominion, the power and authority to overcome this. Let's take care of business. And guys, it could be as simple as health. Just taking authority over your health. You don't feel good. You're tired. You're wore out all the time. It could be a hundred things. I don't want to sit there and say what that is. I want to challenge you to get a pencil and paper today because I'm going to be rattling. And I'm going to be saying a lot of things. And maybe on the overhead and not, I added some more this morning. But four uh, things that you can check out on the points will be on the overhead. But also these points will be on the Oakton Church app. And I want to challenge you to download that and follow along on our church app today. If you're uh, watching online or, or can share this service today, be sure and do that because, again, a lot of families are out. Uh, some families are out with the China virus, and we need to stand with them and stand uh, with them through these times. So point one, a light in darkness. Point two, devil and demons. Uh, I'm going to talk about devil and demons for a while, and a lot of people say, well, we can't talk about devils and demons. You're lifting them up. We need to know who's attacking us, and we need to know about them and God called the pastor, the church, the evangelists, the apostles, the teachers in Ephesians 4.11 to build the church up and the things of God and to teach them. And so we're going to talk about some of that today. And we're not giving glory to him. I want you to know we've got power over him in Jesus' name. We're going to talk about the battle tactics and we're, his battle tactics. We're going to talk about our battle tactics and our dominion over him. And I'm really excited about this today because I think it will make a difference in your lives and the lives of others around you. So, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And, Father, we lift this to you today, this service, Lord, that, that we release your Holy Spirit. Lord, your Holy Spirit's already moving, but we release him into our lives. And if that's you today, just say, Holy Spirit, I release you into my life. Thank you. 
And Father, minister to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord really hit me with this last week after the service. We will be a light in darkness. Exodus 10.23 is a scripture that jumped out at me last week, and I'm going to share with you guys today. But it said, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. So Moses stretched out his hands towards heaven, and there was a pitch darkness in the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from the place for three days. But all the people of Israel had light where they lived. This is a plague that, that, that God used against uh, Egypt back in the day. Egypt was a form of the world, and, and God wanted deliverance for his people. And all these horrible things, these plagues and all these things were going on. And what blessed me, when the world was pitch dark, when the world was pitch dark, the light was shining among the believers. And that's what the Lord told me to tell you guys today. This world may be dark all around you, but if you press into Jesus, that light's going to shine where you're at. I don't care what, what you're, what's going on in your life. I don't care what Satan's trying to do. If you press into God, your light will shine in pure darkness. This economy could crash today. And if we press into God, we're going to be okay. Because the light's going to shine in darkness. It doesn't matter what Satan or his cronies or this world tries to do. That God will provide a supernatural light in our lives when we press into him. Do you believe that today? Because if you don't, you got a stronghold in your life. We need to believe that today because Satan is stealing that from this world. Or actually from the church. And we need to, to press into that. Well, guys, that was point one. We're done. We need to realize that, that we're a light in darkness. And it doesn't matter what all hell does. When we keep focused on Jesus, that light's going to shine. Pitch dark all around us, but it's going to shine. Two, demons and devils. They exist. About demons and devils. Jesus, we see in the scripture in Luke 4, 1 through 13, but we see that Jesus himself battled the devil. And today I was going to read about the temptations, but, but I think a lot of you know about that temptation that Christ went through. You can read it also again in, in, in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke 4, if I didn't say that. But it's obvious that, that Jesus was tempted by the devil. The devil attacked him. Paul teaches us how to prepare for that spiritual battle with the devil. We can learn about how Jesus dealt with it, but we too ourselves in Ephesians 6.12, Paul teaches us how that we can do this, how to prepare ourselves. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. This is what we do. We take authority over these things. Now, I can get into the breastplate of righteousness, truth, all that. You guys go and study that. But the key is that we need to take control. We need to take dominion over these things and these spiritual warfares in our life. Peter teaches us to be watchful for the devil and demons. In 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We need to press into God and keep our eyes on him, but also be watchful. You see, if we don't believe the devil exists, if we don't believe in devils and demons, not believe in that they have power and authority over us, but know they're out there to take control of our life, we got problems. We need to be watchful. When things are attacking our life, be watchful and come against them. But anyway, ten thoughts about uh, uh, demons and, angel, and, and devils. Um, when I, if I say angels, again, a third of the angels left heaven. They, they rebelled against God. You can see Christ talk about it in, in Luke ten eighteen. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. We see that, that Satan was in the heaven, that a third of the angels were in heaven, and they opposed God, and so they fell from heaven. They got out of there. That's where they came from. 
But before we get into that, uh, Joe told me he'd burnt brush piles yesterday. And I burnt two brush piles yesterday. And I thought when I was burning them, it got so hot that I was worried it was burning and singeing the hair on my head. And anyway, I like to get the piles burnt down, so I like to push in and I get on my blade and, and I get up as close as I can to the point where I'm praying there's no diesel leaking to catch fire, to get me. In other words, I'm watchful. You know, we're in battle. Hell's hot. I don't want to go there. Hell's hot and I don't want other people to go in there. But I'm watchful to keep everything away and close to the Lord. We need to be watchful. We need to be watchful. But these cronies, they fell from heaven. We see in Revelation 12, 7 through 9 that, that Pete, uh, 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 John talks about these angels are fighting against the angels of God. They were thrown from heaven again in verse 9. We see in Revelations 22, Satan is identified as the ancient serpent that who deceives the world. And he's referring to Genesis chapter 3. We see in Romans 22, and he sees the dragon, that the, the ancient serpent, who is a devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. So we see that war going on. We see that thing going on. But, but what got me is that it starts out in the Bible that, that, Gene, that the old Satan come in and kill, steal, and destroy from us. But in the end, we have victory. We see that in the Word. We press into Jesus. We see in the scripture that Satan is the ruler of the world, John 12, 31. We see that Satan has blinded the eyes of many in the world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And that's why we need to be really careful and watchful because Satan's out to deceive us and to blind the eyes of the world. Now, if I don't say this, this is what I think. Satan only has as much power in your life as you allow him. Because he has no apparent authority in your life in Jesus' name. So if you allow fear to come in, you've allowed him to come in. If you allow these things to come in, again, you've opened the door. That's, again, why we need to come against these strongholds in our lives today. Demons are spiritual beings who have uh, personalities and intelligence. As members of Satan's kingdom and as enemies of God and, and people, they are evil, malicious, and organized with different levels of rank and delegation, and Satan, again, being their leader. And you can read about that in Matthew 12, 43 through 45, uh, Matthew 4, 10, Ephesians 6, 10, 11, and 12. Guys, this one, here's another thing. If we got idols in our lives, uh, demons are the power behind idols. That's why God didn't like idols in our lives. And 1 Corinthians 10, 20 says, no, I imply that what pagan sacrifices they offer to the demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. So when we're worshiping idols or we're worshiping something in the world, and guys, I believe it can be your job sometime. Whatever is before God that you begin to worship and you begin to put that as an idol before him, I believe that's orchestrated by Satan, a demon, to keep you from being who God's called you to be. God's called me to be in the ministry, and the devil did everything he could to keep me from being in the ministry. He tried to put idols out there. He tried to put things out there to keep me from being what God called me to be. So we need to look at this that way, that he's out to kill, steal, and destroy the believer. To be honest with you guys, uh, uh, the non-believer is probably not going to experience the devil too much once he's got a hold of them. You know, if you're not going to heaven, you're going to hell. Well, how do you go to heaven by the blood of Jesus and salvation? You go to hell by rejecting that and never being saved. So you're already the devils. He don't need to worry about that. So the believers, what's he do? He probably picks on the weakest of the believers at times. There's times in my life that I get weak and he picks at me. I guarantee you he's going to try every angle he can to bring you down. He's going to try different things. If he can't get you, he's going to try your children. If he can't get you, he's going to try your family. If he can't get you, he's going to work other ways to get under your skin so that you will turn away from who God's called you to be. Demons can and often live in the bodies of unbelievers and use their voices to talk and enslave such individuals and influence them towards evil, immorality, and destruction. And I can go just read the Bible. Man, it's all through there. Mark 5:15, Luke 4:41, Luke 8:27, 28. 
Acts 16, 18, and we'll hit that a little bit later. But no believer, true believer, indwelled by the Holy Spirit can be demon-possessed. The spirit and demons can never live in the same body. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. So a lot of times that we battle that and the devil tries to convince you, give up because I already reside in you. No. If you're a Holy Spirit-filled believer, he cannot, he cannot be in you. They cannot occupy the same body. Demons, however, can influence the thought, emotion, and actions of Christians who have not been delivered from old strongholds or failed to follow the leader, leading of the Spirit. And that's Mark 16, 23, 2 Corinthians 11, 3, and 14. Demons can cause physical illness in the human body. Matthew 9, 32, and 33. Matthew 12, 22. Matthew 17, 14 through 18. Mark 9, 20 to 22. Luke 13, 11, and 16. Although not all sickness and disease are the result of evil spirits, we need to realize that because I think sometimes the devil gets blamed for everything. When sometimes we just need to walk in it. But, but again, keep these things in mind. Those involved in spiritism and magic, sorcery, or dealing with evil spirits, this can easily lead to demonic bondage. Again, Acts 13, 8 through 10, Acts 19, 19. Galatians 5.20, Revelations 9.20. Evil spirits will be especially active in the last day of the age, promoting the account, the immorality, the violence, and the cruelty of the devil. They will sought God's word, sound doctrine. Uh, the ultimate outpouring of demonic activity will be in, in the Antichrist and his followers. And guys, Matthew 24, 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15, 1 Timothy 4, 11, 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, Revelations 13, 22 and 8, uh, and then Revelation 16, 3 and 4. Throwing a lot at you today. And again, I hope you look these up if you want these scriptures you can. But again, I don't want to spend all the time on the devil today. Uh, I just want you to realize that these are things and, and, and ways that he can assault the body, his agenda. Do you not think that times are tough? That there's an outpouring of demonic activity in our world today? If you don't notice that, no offense, but you're blind. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit going on as well. But there's an outpouring of spiritual wickedness going through this world, and we need to stand against it. The last thing I want to say before we get away from devils and demons is their destination is, is hell for all eternity. And you guys can read about that in Second Peter 2, 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to change of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. Jude 6 says the angels who did not keep their position of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness bound with everlasting chains for judgment. Pretty powerful. The authority. The authority. Want to bring you back in. What's his battle tactics today? And that's something that really jumped out at me, and it always does when I study Genesis chapter 3. And we preached on it last week. But guys, Satan's battle tactics are the same. If you look in Genesis chapter 3, let's read 1 John 2.16 first. And, and John reveals these battle tactics. And I know I've shared with this with you before. But, but this helps us to be aware of the enemy when he's attacking us. 1 John 2.16, for all that that is in the world, the desires of the flesh... And the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from this world. And, and John's revealing, revealing to us the way that Satan attacks us. We see it in Genesis 3, the lust of the eye. Eve saw that the tree was good for food. What lust of the eyes is Satan tempting you with today? What, what do you want that you shouldn't have? Because that's his tactic, to tempt you with the lust of his eyes, with your eyes. We see that same attack, attack upon Jesus in Luke chapter 4. Jesus responded to him, 
command the stone, or Satan said, command the stone to become flesh. And Jesus responded, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what is that lust of the flesh that attacks the believer? We see how Adam and Eve responded. We see how Jesus responded. We see the result of Adam and Eve. We see the result of Jesus. Well, how are we responding? And what's lust of the eyes? You know, I'll just throw out sexual immorality because it's going rampant throughout the world. I, I can throw a lot of things out there that are lust of the eyes. All the sexualities, homosexuality, bestiality, pornograph, all those things deal from lust of the eye. That's how Satan attacks us. We need to take control of these strongholds, fight against them. The desires of the eyes. It was a delight to the eyes, Genesis 3, 6. We see that Jesus, again, had that same attack on his life as well. The pride of life, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. And, and that's so many times that this world, we try to, you know, sometimes we think we know more than God. And, and we don't trust God's word. And, and guys, that can be the pride of life. That when God's word is so plain and simple, that pride is, is not given into it. Pride is saying that God doesn't know what he's talking about when he said church is important. Pride is saying that, you know, I don't need to get my kids to church. We will do fine. Pride, how is Satan attacking pride in our lives? But regardless, his battle tactics are the same. And as I look back over this, I kind of crunched the first two. But the lust of the eyes, the desires of the eye, or the lust of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. How is he attacking through those areas in your life? We need to realize today, point four, that the believer has dominion over these things. Uh, the, the believer has dominion over devil and demons. Uh, that, that's what really gets me is the number one thing is we read, read to remember that God is all-powerful. Uh, to use a big word, God is omnipotent, which means all-power, all-authority. Second Corinthians 29.1 says, Yours, O Lord, is the gentleness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens as in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. You know, I get to thinking about this power and authority thing. No power rivals God. God is the ultimate power and authority. And I love to see how the TV and even the, the, the cartoon TV... They try to make it look like that, that 50 bad things can overcome one good thing. You know, guys, I don't care if all the demons of hell come against God. God's going to go. He's going to go. They have no power and authority. Demons and devils cannot gang up on God. If you know the truth, demons and devils can't gang up on you if you press into the Lord. And we're going to get into that here in a minute. The other thing is no knowledge rivals God's omniscience, meaning God is all-knowing. Again, I think this world, and we're really battling with thinking we know it all. Man, every talk show, even sports, I get sick of sports. We didn't hardly watch sports shows anymore because they just put four people up there and tell everybody how it ought to be done. They're all-knowing. Everybody's all-knowing. When God is all-knowing, just read the Bible. God is all-knowing, all creatures, all man, all angels are lesser than God. And we need to remember that today. You know, sometimes we don't know how to do battle. Just say Jesus. Just say Jesus. I can remember one time I was getting choked out and I was praying for a brother and I, and I was fell asleep, and I, I don't know if I was in a vision or sleeping or what, but I was praying for a buddy of mine, and, and I literally saw these black, dark things come over me in my bed, and I could see myself in the bed, and they began to choke me out, and I woke up going, Jesus, and then began to pray in tongues. And I believe it was a spiritual attack. And, and then to find out that next morning that my best friend had tried to commit suicide that night. 
Honest truth. Honest truth. You know what? He was a believer. You know why he tried to commit suicide? Because he had a spot clean, if you would, uh, relationship as a believer. We got the Bible college. He heard my testimony. He heard all this. This guy from New Jersey, his testimony was unbelievable. He was in the gangs, all the things God delivered him from. This buddy of mine had lived for God his whole life. And the devil convinced him that he needed a testimony. See how the enemy gets in there? How he takes something that God used for good in another life and convinced a godly man that he didn't have a testimony when he had the best testimony of them all. He don't remember a time he didn't try to live for God. And he went out that night and he bought his first six pack of beer. And he, and he drank. And this is in Bible college. And he got drunk pretty quick because he didn't used to drink beer. He never had. And then the devil said, throw yourself out in front of this car. Throw yourself out in front of these cars. You see how it multiplied? You don't have a testimony. You're no good for God. You're nothing. Go out and make your own testimony. Then went out and he started drinking. Now kill yourself. You see, that's how the devil works. That's how he works. That could fall into the pride of life that we're trying to measure up to everybody. We can't try, we can't do that. We need to press into him. Dominion, power and authority comes through the blood of Jesus. Revelations 12:11 says, and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony for they loved not their lives even unto death. The blood covered them. They received salvation and they began to testify what Jesus did in their life. That's why they're overcomers. If you qualify for that, if you've been saved today, you have dominion power in your life. The blood of Jesus covered you. That blood of Jesus will set you free from any stronghold. That's the challenge. That's the challenge is to confess that blood when the devil's telling us that we're no good. I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. That's not words from my father. I plead the blood over my mind and I come against these words. Colossians 2.15, Paul says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing, triumphing over them in him. Jesus put our adversary to shame. We have dominion. We have power in Jesus' name. And again, I stress Jesus' name. Paul challenges, and we need to challenge when, when things are attacking our life, but Paul challenged Satan and his power directly by knowing and using the authority of Jesus' name. In Acts 16, 18, you guys know the story. Paul's trying to preach. He's trying to testify. He's trying to share the word of God. And this demon-possessed gal kept bugging him for a couple days. And he got so tired of it, he turned around. He said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the demon come out of her immediately. When we're getting badgered by the enemy, we remember the blood of Jesus and the authority that we have in our life, and we take authority over it and command it in the name of Jesus to leave us alone, to come out of a friend or a family member in his name. The demons and his devils, or the devil and the demons will recognize the blood of Jesus. From this event here, we hear about the seven sons of Skeneva, I think it's Skeneva, or however he says it, but but in, in Acts 19, and they tried to move out in the power and the authority of God without being saved, without the blood of Jesus, without the things of God, and the demon tore them up. The demon spoke to him and says, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? I guarantee you, if you're a born-again, blood-bought Christian of God, when you attack a demon or a devil, they're going to recognize that you've been with Jesus. They're going to recognize that. Dominion to live holy lives. 
This one here I read in a devotion this week, but Second Peter 1.10. Therefore, brothers, Second Peter's 1.10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these, th- these qualities, you will never fail. And you say, what's that got to do with power and dominion? Well, we need to be diligent in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to press into the things of God. We need to press into our calling. We need to come against strongholds to do that. When you do these things, strongholds are going to come against you, and you need to come in to him. But what blessed me is it said here, he talks about practices. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Say who all say I will never fail. You realize that you can never fail in the Lord if you practice these qualities. That caught my ear. That really did. What were the practices? If you go back into Second Peter one, five and six. Peter calls these qualities as virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection with love. You just do those things. Just do them. You're never going to fail. Man, you got the answer today. You continue in those things. When them strongholds come at you, you got dominion and you got power over them in Jesus' name. Are you excited about that today? You know, we've been told that, that we're never going to be without Jesus, press into him and salvation. But do we really believe that? Or do we walk in pins and needles in our relationship with Jesus Christ? When basically Jesus called us to love God with our heart, soul, and mind, love people. That's the last two of what he's saying. But operate in virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, and godliness to accomplish these things. That's where the power generated from. It's not from jumping up and doing 15 jumping jacks and saying, I love you, Jesus. It's through pressing into that relationship. Operating these things will give you dominion over your life. So dominion over strongholds. This one here, Mark three twenty-seven. we read this all the time. And the Lord put this on my heart. But Jesus told us how to deal with a strong man. And told us three steps to do. But we look at it like he's arguing with the Pharisees and we don't really catch it. But maybe I'm reading into it too much. But Mark 3.27. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods. Unless first he, he binds the strong man that indeed he may plunder his house. Guys, we need to take control. Jesus is teaching three steps here. Declaring war on Satan according to God's purpose. 327, it says, we first need to declare war. And and as I tried this, actually, I got out of the shower this morning and I was thinking about it, and I thought, not declaring war... The way our government does it. You don't say, okay, you cross that line and I'm going to get you. Then they cross the line. They say, well, don't cross that line and I'm going to get you. And then you cross the line. Then they say, well, I'll pay you money if you don't cross the line and be good. That's not warfare. Warfare is is going in there like they did in World War II and knock them upside the head. We need to go in there and knock Satan upside the head. And a lot of people won't do that because they fear him. Because their stronghold is they don't believe they have power and authority. I went through a time when God was moving so much in my life that the devil was attacking so hard. I even entertained God. I'm going to back off because I don't like this heat. I don't like the constant battle. Well, that's a stronghold. Just nip it. But we need to declare war on Satan and demons according to God's purpose. So where do we declare war? 
Jesus said, again, according to God's purpose, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus' own words. And I believe we assume this prophecy over our lives as believers. The believers, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, Joe. And so we take these strongholds and declare war on, let's just read it here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, in Luke 4, 18 and 19. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty. Okay, is there somebody in your life that needs liberty? Declare war on that. Do you need liberty? Declare war on that. So we got to recognize that declare war. Do you need recovery of sight to the blind? You know, who needs that spiritual recovery? Who needs that physical recovery? Recognize it and declare war and say, God, we take this land. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Who do you know that's oppressed? My goodness, look around. People are oppressed everywhere. Depression is everywhere in this nation. Declare war on depression in your life. Two, enter Satan's house, the stronghold, attacking and overpowering him through prayer and proclamation of the word and destroying his weapons of demonic deception and temptation. Luke eleven twenty, but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. God has given you through Jesus Christ that power and authority to take a hold of these strongholds and overpower them. Do we realize that we can overpower strongholds in our, our, our families? Strongholds at work? We gotta quit being defeated and press in to this power and authority. Verse 21, when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when the stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Well, Satan's armor may have been strong, but your armor's stronger and you can go in and plunder him. And that's the third thing we see here. We need to plunder him. But before we get there, we need to recognize the power and authority of the word. We can't do this in our name. We can only do it in Jesus' name. And guys, I got hit with this late last night, and I downloaded the article today. The Liberty University put out about the, I just was curious, how many times did Jesus quote the Bible? And we assume that, that it's Deuteronomy he quotes the most. And we assume that Deuteronomy is what he quoted out of only. When guys, uh, this study shows that in the Matthew 4 and the Luke 4, that Jesus stood against temptation by quoting Deuteronomy 8.3, Deuteronomy 6.16, and Deuteronomy 6.13. Over the three attacks of the enemy, Jesus used the word. And we just, we know that when we kind of stop. Let me ask you this. What scripture did Jesus quote, or what Old Testament um, book did, did Jesus quote the most? Isaiah? What else? Genesis. Genesis. What else? It's the book of Psalms. Do you guys realize this university did a study and... In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's eight, 1,800 Bible verses. This is powerful. From these 1,800 Bible verses, Jesus quoted and referred to the Word of God, one of every ten, meaning 180 times. Jesus relied heavily on the Word of God in the books of the Old Testament, if you will. This here breaks it down on things he referred to all through the Bible. And guys, if Jesus needs the word of God to defeat the enemy and to live life, so do we. So we need to quit watering it down 
Quit changing it to fit our lifestyle and press into the things of God. If God's word says it, I believe it, and it's good enough for me. But we need to press into the word of God. This is a quote from the article. In summary, our Lord said the law would be fulfilled, Matthew 5, 18, and the scriptures could not be broken, John 10, 35. Did you get that? Scriptures cannot be broken. It has been estimated that over one-tenth of Jesus' recorded New Testament words were taken from the Old Testament. In four Gospels, 180 of 1,800 verses that report his discourse are either Old Testament quotes, etc., etc. I already said that. But powerful. We need the Word of God. I challenge you today to use the power of the Word of God. When you're battling spiritual strongholds. Ephesians 6.17 says. And take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Take that into these battles. Man declare war. Go into the stronghold. Go into the enemy's house. By the word of God. And plunder. Meaning get your people back. Plunder means take back. What Satan has taken from you. Man, it's time to start plundering the devil and stop him from plundering us. Is that it? Man, we ought to be jumping for joy. Man, we ought to take this and say, I got the power in Jesus' name. Deliver those who have been held captive. Deliver them to Christ. Regeneration. Justification, sanctification, the adoption. This is a big, big, big one here. Acts 26, 8. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? That should be everyday life. Oh, that's incredible. That should be everyday life that he's raising the dead, spiritually and physically. Lost husbands? Man, it's time to plug into the enemy. Declare war, wives. Declare war. Bust into that stronghold and get your husband back. Husbands, go after your wives, your children, your friends, and your family. Declaring war against the devil for them. Entering Satan's house by prayer and proclaiming God's word over them. Plunder, take them back. Man, how many of us know somebody that we need to take back? Man, I do. Man, do we know people in our lives? There may be people in this church today that need to be taken from the enemy and brought back into Christ. What about the China virus? Really? Lord hit me last week. When are we going to start taking authority over this, the church? When are we going to start recognizing that the enemy's trying to plunder us and is plundering us? America, the world. When are we going to recognize the, the, the problem, declare war on the virus, pray and proclaim God's word? Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. He gave you permission. He gave you authority. You have the heritage. You have the position. Man, no tongue will prosper against you. No disease. Let's take back the sick and declare healing over their lives. This is a quote from Francis Chan. There may be new strains of disease in the, the future, but they will not prosper against you. If you are diagnosed with a disease right now, even if it is the China virus, we are declaring and believing that that disease will not prosper in your body. It is on its way out in Jesus' name. 
I just gave you an example of how to declare war, how to hit the stronghold, and how to plunder. Another one that really blessed me and probably where this all started was Tuesday morning in prayer. We had nine people out for prayer uh, Tuesday morning. That was awesome. That was the biggest group yet. And praying, and the Lord put this passage of Isaiah 54 on my heart. But but anyway, um, I quoted Isaiah 54. That's 2 Corinthians, I believe, 10, 3, 2, where Paul quotes it, again, quoting the word. But Isaiah 54, 16 says, Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravenger to destroy. Now, this is right before the scripture I just read here in a minute. I'm going to lead into this. But God has prepared weapons for us to declare war, to take the strongholds back, and to plunder the enemy. And he's prepared a weapon for each situation. Then he goes in to say in verse 17, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper, succeed, because God has made a weapon to defeat it. Do we get that today? And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. How many of you had accusations saying against you? How many just trying to tear you apart with their words? Don't receive it. God's made a weapon to protect you and to get into that stronghold, to declare war on it, get into stronghold and plunder. Save the person. Guys, I skipped it earlier, but, but guys, we need to quit hating the sinner when we need to love the sinner and hate the sin. We need to declare war on the sinner Go in and plunder and and take back what God has taken from them. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication for me, declares the Lord. I just read that out of Isaiah 54, 17. Proclaim the gospel, the kingdom, and fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to be about. Pray for and eagerly, pray for and eagerly desire the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of God in your life. First Corinthians twelve seven. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. These are some of the weapons that has been forged for you that Isaiah chapter fifty four is talking about. God has made these weapons for you. They're for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utter of wisdom. God will give you the weapon of wisdom in your situation. To another the utterance of knowledge. God will give you knowledge and revelation according to the same Spirit. Man, them are weapons. Man, to know what the devil's got in mind next, to know what God's got in mind next, that's a weapon. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Man, all of us have been given faith and all you need, but there's a, there's a gift of faith, supernatural faith. Man, that's a weapon. To another, gifts of healing. Guys, healing's of a weapon. If you've got the gift to heal people, why aren't you healing people? That's a weapon that God has forged for this spiritual battle. To another, the working of miracles. Man, we need miracles today. I've been praying for miracles in this church body because we need to say a demonstration of God's power and authority. That's why I had Heather share what she did last week. We need to say that we have dominion over these strongholds. We've been given the weapons to another prophecy, a word from the Lord for direction. Another discernment to know when the enemy is playing games. And them are weapons to another, the various kinds of tongues. Man, guys, your prayer language is a weapon. And the world and even churches say, don't pray in the spirit, that's evil. Come on. That's the enemy trying to disarm a weapon. Because guys, when I don't know what to pray, I pray in tongues. And I don't know what to pray a lot, believe me. It's a weapon 
And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Again, a weapon that can discern what God has for us. But just see how the enemies tried to destroy these weapons that were forged in Isaiah chapter 54 for us to declare war. To go into these strongholds and plunder and take back what God has given us and Satan has stolen from us. That the praise team will come forward today. Guys, until we get this, you're going to have a battle. You're going to have a battle anyway, but until you get this, you're not going to have victory. It starts with salvation. You have no authority, no dominion without salvation. And guys, don't run out of here. Kent's saying all these things in Kent's name because I've been very clear. It's because of God and because of the blood of Jesus. That's what gives us the authority. We're children of God. But do you have salvation? Are you born again? If you're not, we need to do that today. We need to be born again. What if Satan, has he come into your life and does he have strongholds that that have kept you from serving the Lord to where maybe you're even backslidden? We need to come against that stronghold today. But are you backslidden today and you need that spiritual stronghold broke down? It's time to declare war that I am a child of God. And we're going to go into the stronghold and we're going to claim the word of God over it and then we're going to plunder and get you back. And get what Satan's taken from you. The guys may be strongholds that kept you from holy living. When Jesus has told us through the Bible and the apostles how to live holy lives. How to be untouched by doing these few things that we shared today. What strongholds have you allowed in there that you need to cut the head off? And guys, uh, the devils attack me all day. Nobody's going to respond because they're embarrassed. Well, it's time to get by the embarrassment and take these strongholds captive. We need to declare war. Stand to your feet. Do you need to declare war over your family? Come to the altars for that. Do you need to declare war over your children? What do you need to declare war over in your life? Now, guess what? It's a noble thing to come and pray and declare authority over somebody in your life. So everybody's going to think you're coming up praying for your kids and your family. But it's time to come up and declare freedom in Jesus' name. Declare freedom in Jesus' name. Declare freedom in Jesus' name. And, Father, we thank you for this, your spirit that's in the house today, Father. Father, that you're coming in. Father, we're declaring war today. And, Father, by your words, we're taking authority over our lives. And, Father, we're plundered and we're taking back our lives in Jesus' name. Come to these altars today. Come to these altars today.